Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks for June 17th, 2016, episode 164. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. How you doing, Brian? I've got a bit of a soccer hangover. USA. USA. <laughs> okay. What happened? Hey, man. You know, they, they beat Ecuador. That's, uh, I know to most Americans are like, of course we beat Ecuador. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was a big upset. So awesome. I think uh, by saying most Americans, uh, I think you're giving most Americans a little bit more credit about caring about the footies. <laughs> well, they don't care at all. So, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> How about a little follow up? Little follow up last week uh, from uh, my Blue Apron experience. Okay. Trying to, you know, get rid of <laughs> hideous accounts. Kyle Roderick, friend of the show and uh, host of The Morning Show, which hasn't done an episode in like a month or so. <laughs> so I guess maybe <laughs> ex-host of The Morning Show uh, sent us a tweet and said, I've used justdelete.me to find out where to go to delete accounts and cancel subscriptions. I'd never heard of this site. I checked it out. It's awesome. It's massive. Uh, there's everything known to man here. But what I really need is I need a service where I put in my email address and it goes and finds out all the different places that have somehow got me in their registries when I'm not. <laughs> oh, that would be an interesting one. Yes, that would be very useful because, you know, it's all these mailings lists. And uh, when you've had an email address for 25 plus years, it's amazing what you end up getting signed up for somehow. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to cover this one in security because I had a little little issue this week where I had to go back and change about 270 passwords wow. on, on multiple accounts. And they're That's all not... they're all zombie accounts. Right. Yeah. I one of my one of my accounts got uh basically pulled in one of these these breaches and right. i got a note from microsoft saying my xbox live account had been logged into and they thought ah they, <laughs> he probably didn't do that <laughs> and they yeah. were and they were right i went in there and i checked the password on it and then i went into one password mm -hmm. and uh yeah i used it on 270 different occasions it was one of my old basic passwords that i usually put in that password mm. with the intention of going back and changing it later and i yep. didn't so ah, okay that'll learn me That'll learn you. <laughs> yeah, That'll gotta, learn you real good. Eating my own dog food on that one. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Uh, so we've always yes. complained about iOS and the fact that you couldn't remove the crappy, uh, you know, Apple apps. Yes. Finally, you'll be able to remove them from the home screen. The binaries still exist. The apps are still there, still taking up disk space, but you could just get rid of the icon. Or you just do what all of us did and throw them in a folder and forget about them. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. This is, it's, it's, this is a, you know, this is just a cleaner version of the same thing. Yes, it's an interesting thing when the mo that's the most talked about story coming from uh, from the whole conference this week is, oh, you can get rid of their crappy apps. Yeah, I know. That really <laughs> says something about your uh, your progress towards the platform. Yeah, well, we never really discussed too much from from Apple's big conferences, but uh, there's uh, we got a couple links in the show notes. Uh, HuffPo has, of course, their listicle about the coolest iPhone features that Apple announced, including the fact that they're destroying messaging and turning it into MySpace. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not a lot that's terribly exciting to me, no. anyway. So you know, it'll come and I'll make a comment about how uh, Bluetooth gets turned on or not, and that'll be about that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's generally our apple coverage because everybody yeah. else does it and we just don't care <laughs> yeah uh and in particular there's a link in the show notes from uh walt mossberg who did his kind of wrap-up of everything that happened at wwdc and basically he's saying apple is moving forward just not the way it used to and yay it for them so there you okay. go 
How exciting. Exciting. Yay, Apple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Led Zeppelin trial has started. And it's off to a shaky start. We've been talking about this quite a bit because uh, this is super interesting to me. And it's it's really, uh, like I said, this is a, you're, you're doing something right if you're getting sued because that means you actually made some money. Of course, Led Zeppelin made money. Um, there are some problems going on already. Uh, there's some uh, video performance that wasn't included in the case's exhibit list. So they're not allowed to show that. And they're also not allowed to bring in any of the history of that Zeppelin has of plagiarizing other songs, which has always been fairly well known. But, uh, oh, so you know, this is, this is, you're talking about the plaintiff can't, can't do it. Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's, there's already all sorts of problems with the uh, legal trickery. That means that this is probably not going to be a good case study of what can really happen here because Actually, I think it is because you know why you mentioned before that Led Zeppelin made a lot of money. That means yeah. they have better lawyers. <laughs> yeah, well, that's usually the way it works, right? Like uh, everybody talked about how this whole process, this the uh, with the political primaries, has exposed to all Americans how how the sausage is really made, and everybody's all surprised. Well, this is doing the same for for. Uh, you know, law and trials, I think it's like, oh, hey, the person that has the most money always wins. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. look at look at Peter Thiel against uh, Gawker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. Uh, and there's a link in the show notes again, not to get too into it. If you really want to get into the weeds on this one, it's an article from Salon that really kind of breaks down the whole trial and what it's going to mean for music. And it's a it's a really good read. So there you go. Okie doke. Yeah. Uh, interesting in other interesting reads. Mm -hmm. I found this article is a couple a eh, couple weeks old. All right. Elon Musk believes we are probably characters in some advanced civilizations video game. You know, I saw this one a couple weeks ago and I was going to throw it in the show notes. But then I realized my only comment was Elon Musk must smoke a lot of weed. I, you know, I but I've heard this this theory bandied about before by physicists in the and, like. And some sci-fi movies. Yes. Very many. Very and many, many. sci-fi books. <laughs> yep. Uh, here's the point. It doesn't matter <laughs> if we are not. No, it's, yeah, it's not like somebody's coming and offering us the red or the blue pill. Uh, we're there. And if it is, it is. And if it's not, it's not. Then we will die without knowing. Yeah, I think, well, I can probably <laughs> guarantee we're going to die without knowing. Yeah. And a little follow up on AI and uh, machine learning. Uh, mm -hmm. Wired has a great little article called Deep Learning Isn't a Dangerous Magic Genie. It's just math. Yeah. But, you know, on that route, almost everything is math. That's true. I mean, and, and if we're in a video game, so are it's we. It's all math, yes. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> it's an interesting read if you if you really want to go deeper, deeper and deeper into the weeds on what this stuff is and what it's doing. And uh, yes. it'll, it'll either let you sleep at night or it will keep you up at night, depending on which side uh, of the coin you, you fall on. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a really good read as well. Um, it kind of demystifies deep learning a little bit, which is, you know, it's just this, it's the new buzzword for artificial intelligence for AI. Deep learning. Ooh. Well, I mean, it's a, there, there are multiple areas of machine learning, and this is, this is just one of them. And, mm. But it also breaks down all the other different types, which is cool. Yeah. So yeah. if you really want to, like, get up to speed, um, <laughs> you, can, you can not listen to our daily podcast anymore, but you can get it here at Wired.com. Now, yeah. on to the show. Yes, up to speed is now just a character in somebody else's video game. In the news. Did you ever hear of uh, the music service Rhapsody? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. I, I, the, I like I said, it's, I was talking to the wife who works in the music industry yesterday. Uh, there's so many of these like level five services that I've just never even really heard of or paid attention to. Anyways, they are rebranding themselves as Napster. See, I already thought they did that once. 
Well, the deal is they were only they. This was Raps. Uh, this was Napster. I was going to Rapster. <laughs> Napster. Uh, there's a new service. Uh, <laughs> this is it never was not Napster in the rest of the world. They rebranded themselves as Rhapsody in the U.S. because of the bad baggage associated with the name Napster, which they've now decided apparently is not bad baggage anymore. Yeah, it's it, it's very confusing because I went to the Napster launch party when they <laughs> rebranded as Napster, yeah. and then uh, we had a mutual friend Missy who worked actually at Napster. And right. then at Rhapsody. Yes. Um, so I don't know why they're just flip flopping. It's not going to save the service. Your name is not going to save your service. Period. No, not at all. <laughs> and I, but I just I'm desperately hoping that somebody is going to ask Lars Ulrich for a comment on this. Oh. That's that's all I really want. Uh, uh, yeah. You, sir, are a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. And in the big news this week, Microsoft is buying LinkedIn. I, some I. I I don't know why it's big news. <laughs> well, because I mean, it's, it's big the news. biggest, biggest uh, cash acquisition in tech history. It's twenty six point two billion dollars in cash. Or That's why it's, it's big news <laughs> for a service that nobody understands. Nobody really uses. Nobody can really figure out what they're trying to do. Nobody. Oh, God. Why do everybody's you know, got a profile, but nobody uses it. Yeah. And, you know, they pivoted so many times of the they tried to get people to write articles for free so that they would actually have content and tried to tell you why that was such a great thing. I the problem with us, Jason, is we've always made things that were useful. That was a big mistake for our careers. Well, most of my stuff was porn. So I guess you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's an article in Forbes that lists the four reasons why Microsoft did this, of which uh, why they wasted the money on this, all of which I agree with. Uh, There's just no point. LinkedIn is stupid. No, Microsoft is stupid. (laughs) Uh, Microsoft is also stupid. So I I don't get this purchase at all, uh, other than you've bought a really, really, really large email database. Well, you know, there's value in that. Or they yeah. could have just gone to, you know, the dark web and got the same email list <laughs> yeah. since it's already been hacked and published. You can uh, probably get it for uh, like a couple of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Could have saved you a lot of money there, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot in the news recently about how all the various telecoms are trying to uh, provide better customer service because <laughs> you all know that they're friggin' horrible. Uh, probably the worst and most frustrating things in the world is dealing with your telecoms, dealing with your cable and dealing with your internet access, etc. A very long article in a Slate about an inside look at Comcast's efforts to make you hate it less all of which I would say is not going very well. Um, I'm not on Comcast. I'm Time Warner, which is now... Who bought Time Warner? I uh, don't know. Charter? Somebody. Somebody bought them now. I thought, so. I thought the, that deal flailed on the table, but... Uh, no, it, it went through. I, I okay. believe it's Charter. Anyways, uh, they just recently updated their their web app, or their you know their app on, on, my, on my iPad and all that stuff, and they've taken out the ability to stream to oh. Apple TV or Chromecast for no particular reason uh, <laughs> because they're assholes. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I got a new account rep because I use Time Warner <laughs> Business for my office back in L.A., and I'm trying to get them to, you know, knock my package down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I called them the other night because my new account rep, who comes from like 1996, I believe, but is a kid, uh, he has like, you know, one of those pink unicorny SIG files. Which yeah. is like, I'm like you're supposed to be my business representative and you have a pink signature. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, he sent, uh, sent me an email saying that, hey, give, give me a call and we'll see what we can do to, uh, you know, get you more speed without doing the research that I had the best package you can buy. Yeah. Um, but also on that email, he CC'd 15 other customers, all of, <sighs> all of the people that he represents. What an idiot. So, and immediately I got put on a spam list. Yep. 
I'm like, so I had to make a very uh, unfun phone call and talk to his uh, his his supervisor. So mm -hmm. maybe I'll be getting a new account rep that can actually help me instead of putting me on spam lists. Well, nice. maybe. I mean, apparently they're they're really making efforts, but I seriously doubt that'll happen. Um, like I said, they, they killed off the ability to stream on their own app. Yet every you know, if I just go get HBO's app, they let me do it themselves. It's so stupid. They're just annoying people for no reason whatsoever. And all the more reason to try to get the great unbundling is, is what I'm really hoping for this year. And it seems we're going a step in that direction. I have never heard of Sling TV. Have you? Oh, Slingbox. Yeah. But way back. Okay. In, yeah. They've been around well, forever. They're finally coming to Apple TV. So for a small little subscription, you will start to be you'll be able to get things like ESPN, CNN, AMC, a bunch of the kind of, you know, uh, basic cable level subscriptions without having to have cable anymore. Oh, there you go. So 20 bucks a month. Hmm. Not I, bad. Uh, yeah, that's not too bad. That's it's less than I pay for. Uh, it, well, it's, 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 I'm sorry, it's one cent more than I pay for my HBO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't even own a TV anymore. So I've been yeah. unbundled for a while, and it's not bad. It's actually well, quite nice. <laughs> well, good for you. You're one of those NPR people that goes, I don't even have a TV anymore. Except you'll at least admit that you watch absolutely everything on your iPad. Absolutely, I got yeah. a beautiful iPad, <laughs> and I would still have a TV, but it didn't fit in the truck when I moved to Chicago. So right, because right. I just bought a TV <laughs> and had my Apple, you know, my Apple TV, the latest one, which I hate with that stupid remote. I um, love everything about it except that damn remote. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, it's 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 not a moral issue with me with the TV. It's just mm. the fact that I just dropped you know a couple hundred bucks on one, and I'm not about to do it again. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. That money is gone. Um, speaking of gone money, Gawker definitely has filed for bankruptcy, and uh, this is this. I put this in at the beginning of the week, so I'm not sure if much has happened since then. But they were talking about selling to Ziff Davis, in which surprised the hell out of me because I couldn't believe Ziff Davis was still around. <laughs> yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yep. So yep. we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm just like, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. Yeah, publishing karma. Bitch. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm really unhappy with the fact that that lawsuit happened and it was enough to bankrupt them. But also Gawker sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's no winners here. No. We're <laughs> and all speaking losers. of there not being any winners, uh, Twitter has invested a metric crap ton of money into SoundCloud. I know. Out of all places, SoundCloud. You're just throwing money away, Twitter. And really, you need to come up with a better business plan. You should have saved that and figured that out yourselves. Yeah, honestly, yeah. because what, what? there's nothing at SoundCloud. There's <laughs> nothing at SoundCloud. SoundCloud tried to make their deals with all the labels to become basically just another streaming service. And it's not working and nobody cares. Yeah, because nobody cared about SoundCloud to begin with. And, and that's the thing about no, SoundCloud. A lot of, well, a lot of people actually did care about SoundCloud, but they cared about it because they were DJs and they were putting music up illegally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like it's, it's nothing, nothing legitimate has come out of SoundCloud. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Um, and Uber is uh, now valued at $68 billion and they're in the middle of doing another uh, round of raising money between $1 and $2 billion in leveraged loans. Uh, basically, they're trying to put a lot of their resources into taking out all the homegrown companies in China and India that saw what they were doing here and went, hey, we're going to beat them to it. So we'll see what happens. Nope, not interested. Yeah, me either. Another thing I'm really not interested in is Dropbox, which is now cash flow positive. Woohoo! So they are not going to go public anytime soon, apparently, probably okay. because they're also going to have to try to figure out a long term business strategy. Not that that stops anyone else from going public. Yeah, it generally doesn't. Um, I'm a Dropbox Pro user. I've got, me I've, too. Got, I've got Dropbox Pro and I've got the the uh, add on 
that lets you do uh, it'll save your files for 30 days in case somebody accidentally deletes your entire folder, which has happened. <laughs> um, that's what happens when you have shared folders. Somebody can just go delete the whole thing. And when your entire business is in that folder, it's yes. nice. To, it's, it's worth that extra five bucks a month to have the security of saying undelete. <laughs> and I just wish it came with you're fired. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising to me that there aren't stronger controls on, on Dropbox for that. Like, you know, give somebody access. Oh, I guess they do have, do they have access and then you can't delete? Like you can just see, but you can't remove anything. I don't freaking know. I've never gotten that into it. There's read only mode and then right. there's edit mode. I think that's ah. pretty much the only thing that you okay. have. Those are the two modes. Yeah. Uh, another place that's gotten a lot of money, particularly from tech A-listers, uh, $23.8 million invested into a service called the Crisis Text Line, which offers peer counseling over text messaging and other new media, which I think we've discussed in the past because there was an app for it, is not a very good idea because if you really need help, you need to go talk to someone in person, not through texts. Yeah, but I mean, suicide hotlines have saved a whole bunch of lives. And those are, those are staffed by non-professionals. Um, you know, they get basic training on that, but that those have legitimately saved lives. So I'm not, I'm not that down on it. You know, I'm not horrible on this. I just still think it's best to go talk to somebody in person. Um, right. But that's three a, that's in the a morning, lot yeah. of money. Yeah. But three in the morning after a bottle of vodka and you got nobody to talk to, you're not going to get your doctor on the phone or find a new doctor at that time of day, you know, and you yep. just need somebody to talk to. Well, I think I might have the solution for that, but we'll save that for software apps and gadgets. Okie doke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a recent study by the International Journal of Business Administration uh, looked at MBA students at the University of Florida, which is already a strike against you because, you know, Florida, to determine how reading habits shape writing ability. And it is officially true the Internet is making you stupid. <laughs> the study has proven that the more that you read online, the worse you write. And this is specific towards the t kinds of things that you look online, uh, like, you know, listicles, as opposed to long form discussions and real actual writing. Yeah, yeah. Read, read better stuff. Exactly. And this is, I mean, this is kind of a no brainer. It's it's not it, it, <laughs> we've known this before the Internet. If you read People magazine, you were an idiot. And if you read long books, you were pretty smart. It's funny. It, it's like your your thesis will be five reasons I deserve an A. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that's pretty good. Yeah. So my joke on this was let's see if anybody can replicate the study because we've had that issue recently, too. That's true, too. And uh, yeah. if you do want to go read a long form blog, I, I recommend Wait But Why. We talked about that on a couple episodes. Yes, yes. And we interviewed the the guy, uh, Tim Urban, behind that blog this week on my my day job. And he's a fascinating guy. But the blog itself, very long reads, very well thought out, and they will make you smarter. Excellent. I will check that out. I also like Atlas Obscura, another one of our recent finds that kind of gets into more long form stuff. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to move somewhere that is uh, really kind of killing it in terms of uh, future style lifestyles, I'd suggest Sweden. Uh, they're within about five years of killing off cash completely. Interesting. Uh, cash is making up just 2% of the value of all the country's payments already. Uh, music, museums, street vendors, even churches uh, are all starting to rely solely on plastic and electronic payments. Um, and they're saying basically all cash could disappear completely by 2021 in Sweden. That would be interesting. It is very, very interesting. Now, I'm, you know, for security and, and, and you know, uh, tinfoil tin yeah. hat wearing people, it was always like, let's keep the cash. But now that they actually put tracking things in cash itself, uh, why not just go all plastic? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, as as uh, Kevin Kelly would say, it's inevitable. It is. <laughs> it's going it is that way. 
And it's I mean, I always try to have a little bit of cash on me just because I find it easier uh, to deal with smaller purchases and whatnot. But I, I again, like I, we talked about when Apple Pay first came out and I first started using it. It is so damn convenient. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. 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 The tinfoil hattery will definitely continue. And, yes. you know, how are you going to buy your weed with uh, with, with plastic? Well, know? it's legal here now, Jason. But is it in Sweden? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yes. I have a bunch of friends that have moved to Sweden and absolutely love the place. So they, they're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, they're basically they're small enough that they're able to rethink and retool basic tenants of society. Uh, this article is really interesting about that because it gets into they were the first uh, unmanned convenience store in which uh, you could basically walk, you use your smartphone to get into the store and then purchase food. Uh, it's the first country that is going to go completely oil free. Uh, this is a great little society they got going on over there. Plus, mm. the chicks are all hot, right? Yeah, but you still got that nasty winter. Yeah, there's that. Hey, but global warming. Yeah, global warming. That's true. (laughs) Pretty soon Sweden will be, you know, beachfront, like going to Thailand. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Have you heard of Ollie? I have not heard of Ollie. Tell me about Ollie. Uh, it's a company called Local Motors. Uh, they made the first 3D printed car, and now they're debuting its first self-driving vehicle, and it is up and running as of two days ago. It is a bus. That can fit up to 12 passengers, and it is uh, equipped with IBM's Watson, yeah. uh, which allows it to communicate with passengers. So you can get in and say, hey, Ollie, take me downtown, and it will, in theory. Uh, this is running as of right now, so human bus drivers are already being transitioned to robots. <laughs> uh, this is running on public streets in Maryland, uh, in National Harbor, which is the home of local motors. And uh, they plan to launch very shortly on public roads in Vegas and Miami-Dade County in Florida. Again, Florida. I don't know if you want to start there, but go for it. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So do they actually I'm going to look into this after the show, but are they do they have actual people in there in case something goes wrong? It doesn't appear so. And they didn't say anything about that in the article. So we'll have to do a little bit of a deeper dive. I mean, they've got photos of it. And obviously there's there's no driver at all. But uh, who knows if they're because that's one of the things that we've been talking about. Like legally, you're supposed to have somebody in there just in case. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, we'll have to look at that a little bit more. But uh, good, good intro to the next article that I had, which is uh, an article on Slate about uh, the problems that will be coming for robot cars uh, due to lawyers. Once again, of course, always <laughs> lawyers. Yeah, it goes really deep into the weeds of all the various uh, lawsuits that could be coming because of because of self-driving cars. Um, interesting read. And there's a lot of obstacles that the people are going to have to overcome, including Ollie's. So we'll see how they're dealing with it. Um, do they talk about who they get to sue? Is it the car? owner the car manufacturer are they just going to sue everybody that is the biggest dilemma right now because you will be able to sue the car manufacturers mm. so that is a problem because it, it uh, seems like the lawyers would if there's an accident you're in the car yeah. they would come sue you and then you'd have to sue the car company yeah so that'll we'll see how that that plays out yeah it's going to be really interesting um and uh let's see facebook has opened up suicide prevention tools to everyone i guess we should have uh, bundled this with the uh with the uh what the hell is the name of that company that they're doing <laughs> uh, i'm doing so well this morning told you soccer hangover uh, yeah. we should have bundled this with the other story about crisis text line there. Yeah. uh so yeah they've opened that up uh this existed for a while for uh certain people but now it's everywhere so if <laughs> i i again i don't know how i feel about this this is very similar to uh what was it the periscope that was doing the uh judge and jury by by your peers immediately yeah. Um, you can flag one of your friend's status if you're worried about them, and uh, the uh, your friend will get a message saying that somebody was concerned about your post. Okay. Yeah. They will get options to talk with a trusted friend, call a helpline, get tips and support, or skip. So basically, you can just ignore it anyways. So it's kind of a 
really nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be I, more of an annoyance than anything when people start getting snarky and saying, you know, exactly. You know, when somebody posts something about the Kardashians, like I think that I think they're really thinking about suicide because really, nobody I, in their right mind would post about the Kardashians. Yeah, I mean, especially with the way that you and I post. I mean, come on. I, I would have to flag every single one of your posts, but I know you're also being a snarky jerk. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they got to put some deep learning on that. They do. They do. But, uh, you know, good for them, I guess. Just like you said, it's. Uh, better something than nothing, I suppose. Mm. I don't know. Uh, there's a really interesting article on Recode about uh, emerging ethical standards for studying corporate data, particularly Facebook's emotional emotional contagion controversy. Uh, this really gets into it. I love this. Um, it's there's so many interesting things going on with with big data and with basically particularly facebook because facebook is the the behemoth in the room that is basically studying us and learning a hell of a lot about us now what are the ethics on this and basically will there ever be any ethics which is what i'm more worried about so more than likely not because they're you know they're, they're yeah. a corporation they can do whatever they want yes you you, you can opt out of using facebook yes you, can. <laughs> no, you can't never mind except, except you can't <laughs> yeah i mean you've tried it many times jason and well, you always keep coming back no but when we also covered last week that you know facebook is tracking you even if you're not a facebook member so that's yeah which is not good <laughs> uh and the final article that i've found which i just loved um andy borowitz in the new yorker uh many a nation tired of explaining things to idiots well we wouldn't have a podcast if <laughs> <laughs> we got tired of it. <laughs> yes. Well, apparently you and I are not tired of it yet, but this is a fun read and you're not going to like it if you're a gun nut and you're not going to like it if you like Trump. But if you're the rest of us, you'll think it's quite funny. We'll be right back. Enjoy a word from our sponsors. What is Loot Crate, Jason? Let me tell you, Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for geeks, nerds, comic book lovers, and pop culture aficionados, basically us. Every month, subscribers receive a mystery box full of collectibles, figurines, apparel, and memorabilia. Each box contains at least $45 in value, and many items are exclusively crafted for the Loot Crate community. Each crate also has a theme centered around major franchises, theatrical releases, and events, and this month's theme is right up my alley. It's dystopia. Pop culture is full of brave new worlds and societies in flux that don't always turn out for the best. June's theme will be exploring some of the ways things can go wrong with dystopia. Featuring classics like Robocop, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and The Matrix, and new faves Bioshock Infinite and Fallout 4. We've got a figure, cool collectibles, and of course, our dystoporific monthly tea. Yes, or you can just explore our news segment. <laughs> dystoporific news <laughs> so definitely make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash grumpy and mm -hmm. save three dollars off any new subscription and if you don't go to lootcrate.com slash grumpy we will be extraordinarily grumpy that'll be dystopian for us because we need to make a buck or two security ha all right, we're doing something new here with our Security Ha segment. We're actually joined by a security professional from the CyberWire podcast. Welcome, Dave Bittner. Hey, glad to be here. I listen to your show every day, Thank and you. I'm like, oh, this is how it's done. This is what you should be doing with security. <laughs> you actually, you guys know what you're talking about. So we thought it'd be fun if you started to join us for our like security segment, because as everybody knows... Brian and I have no clue what we're doing when it comes to security. We just think it's fascinating. 
Well, you built a successful podcast on uh, on uh, on that notion, so uh, we're happy to join you and uh, maybe uh, contribute what we know about uh, cybersecurity. Yeah, because all we do is tell people every week to use one password, and I think about 05 percent of the the listening audience has actually taken uh, taken our advice. And one of the things that I think is interesting that I'm I'm going to have to bring this up uh, on the show a little bit later, so Brian can make fun of me too. I got an email this week from Microsoft saying that somebody accessed my Xbox account. Now, I haven't had an Xbox for years. <laughs> and I went and I, I logged in and I looked at the password that I used for it. And it was a password that was uh, one of those old ones, you know, that uh, you used to use all the time and then just right. never go back and change it. Yep. And yep. Th- Yep. Sure enough, it was uh, somebody had logged in with uh, one of my email addresses and that that standard password that I was using a long time ago. So it must have come out somewhere uh, in in one of the breaches. So first thing I did was I went to one password. And the nice thing about having a password manager is you can search on your password field and find out how many times you've used it. Well, let's just say this week I've been going back to about 270 websites. Wow. (laughs) So I have to eat my own dog food. On that one, that's yeah. my own. That's my own dumb fault. We did a story earlier this week on the CyberWire about uh, a company. Uh, they're they're called K Two Intelligence, and they've they're working with the NFL Players Association to help NFL players do a better job with their social media. And uh, one of they were they were speaking to this exact issue where uh, people have all of these sort of uh, zombie accounts that they've forgotten about. You know, they'll go to an NFL player and they'll say, well, "What accounts do you have?" And they'll, they'll say, "Oh, I have I have Facebook, I have Twitter, I have Snapchat, and that's it." But they go in and they investigate and they find that they actually probably have, you know, 30, 40, 50 accounts that are just sort of, you know, rattling around that they haven't used in years. And all those accounts can be vectors to get into your active accounts. So, you know, it's a real problem at all levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you, uh, I mean, it's, it's some of these places you just can't even kill your account. You know, so they're going to be there forever. So it's it's worthwhile to go back and just make a password that you're never even going to bother remembering. But it's at least like 13 or 14 characters. And that way it's, you know, even if it gets out, it doesn't matter. And then if you ever do need to go restart your MySpace account or your Friendster account, you can just reset your password. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, it's good advice. Good advice for sure. So what happened this week in 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 the cybersecurity world that we need to know about? Well, the big story this week that uh, probably people have heard about is uh, that the uh, DNC, the Democratic National Committee, uh, it was revealed that uh, they'd been hacked. Uh, it was an ongoing uh, hack. It's been people have been uh, in there for uh, several months, but uh, the story broke this week. Uh, the person claiming to do doing the hacking is calling themselves Guccifer 2.0, uh, and that's actually uh, sort of a reference to an older hacker who went by the name Guccifer. Uh, the original Guccifer uh, was famous for uh, doxing some famous people, uh, including. Uh, uh, President Bush, uh, George W. Bush, uh, and he also claimed to have gotten into uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, email server. Uh, the original Guccifer was uh, was apprehended and is currently awaiting, uh, uh, taking a little time off in a federal uh, prison. So he's got uh, a stylish find- orange jumpsuit hanging around. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's going to find out what his uh, fate is this fall. But in the meantime, uh, this group, uh, you know, uh, a bad guy or a bad girl or a group of bad people calling themselves Guccifer 2.0 uh, are taking credit for having broken into the DNC servers. Um, they released the uh, the um, the information on uh, on Donald Trump, the opposition research on Donald Trump. 
which is a 200-page uh, uh, plus document, which is uh, which is interesting. I don't know if you if you follow anything about Donald Trump. I don't think there's anything particularly shocking or uh, <laughs> yeah. or new in there, but just the fact that they were able to get in there and do it um, just in the past uh, 24 hours or so. Um, the, uh, the head of the DNC said that, um, well, yes, they got in and they, 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 uh, got some information, but they weren't able to access any of our financial information. Well, upon hearing that, Guccifer said, oh, <laughs> here's a bunch of financial information. So don't taunt the uh, hackers, you idiot. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Don't whack the hornet's nest. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, Guccifer seems to be playing this, uh, this you ain't seen nothing yet game with the DNC. So stay tuned, folks. We're going to see, uh, we're going to see how far this goes. Uh, it seems as though the Russians are involved in this, uh, the documents that have been released. If you look deep into the documents, there are some, uh, Russian characters and uh, other signs that the Russians are involved. Of course, the Russian government is denying it, but that's exactly what you'd expect them to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, seriously. <laughs> oh, you caught uh, us. It's not like Scooby-Doo where you just say, that's the bad guy. Right. We wouldn't have got, we would have gotten away with it if it yeah. weren't for those, for those pesky kids and their dog. But, yeah. um, so, you know, uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned. This is uh, clearly a developing story, and uh, I don't think it's over yet. In other news, I saw this uh, on The Verge. The NSA wants to monitor pacemakers and other medical devices. And basically, they've mentioned before that they want to dive into uh, the entire Internet of Things as it's in its nascent stages right now. Is there uh, do you have any concerns about this being a cybersecurity professional? Well, I, I think so. I mean, obviously, the, the Internet of Things is exploding. Um, just all of the, you know, you, you <laughs> our refrigerators are, are re- connected to the Internet uh, these days. And, um, you know, the, the question being, what could my Internet, what could my refrigerator possibly want to tell me? Uh, but evidently, uh, you know, you need, needing to know right away that you need more milk is, is an important thing. But the point being that all of these devices connected to the Internet, these are all potential attack vectors. These are all possible places where people can find out more information about you. And uh, so, of course, uh, that's something that the NSA would be interested in. They, they want to gather things about all kinds of people. And so uh, any of these devices could be a way for them to do that. Medical devices is particularly interesting because... Um, you know, your medical records, uh, the data about you, that's particularly personal information. Um, and it's also particularly valuable information. Uh, medical information is much more valuable on the black market than, say, uh, credit card information. Yeah, that's why we've seen this, uh, the ransomware guys hitting mainly hospitals recently, isn't that? Because they know they're going to get, they're at least going to get the ransom from it. And if they're in there already stealing, stealing the docs, and they can double dip on it. Well, that's yes. There is something to that, and and the, I think the part of the thing with hospitals is that um, you know hospitals have uh, they're highly incentivized to get their systems up and running quickly. When you literally have lives on the line, uh, being able to access patient records could be the difference between life and death. And besides just that, obviously all of the liability that goes with that, hospitals are highly motivated to try to get their systems up and running quickly. Um, what's interesting is that what we're seeing lately with that sort of high-profile ransomware is that uh, someone will lock down a hospital, for example, and they'll say, you know, give us $20,000, and the hospital say, will say, all right, here's $20,000, and then the ransomware people will come back and say, would you believe $30,000? Yeah. And, um, and they'll ask for more. Usually at that point, um, 
you know, the hospital cuts their losses and, and deals with it in, in other ways, you know, tries to go back to their backups, uh, uh, hope, hoping that they have backups. Uh, yeah, if they everybody. have backups. Yeah, right. And, uh, and a reminder, please, everyone, back up your data. It's the best way to protect yourself against a, a lot of these uh, problems. You know, and it's, it's evolving. And uh, the FBI is saying to is recommending, for example, that don't pay the ransomware. They're saying, you know, protect yourself ahead of time, back up your data. But the odds of uh, your data being unlocked by the ransom by the ransomers, particularly in these high profile cases, seems to be getting slimmer and slimmer. The the consumer grade ransomware people, the people who get into your system and ask you for you know a hundred dollars to unlock your personal files, uh, they they sometimes will will give you your data back, but um, you're really rolling the dice with them. Yep, yep. And uh, speaking of the the ransomware vectors, to get it on your system. One of the main ways people do that is through Flash. And uh, I just saw that there was a new Flash O-Day that has just been patched again and again and again. Yeah, Flash is the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> as, as we're fond of saying on this show, this has all happened before and it will all happen again. Yeah, it's true. And, and it, it seems like, you know, I, I think, you know, years ago when, when Steve Jobs stood up and said, uh, you know, we're not going to be including Flash on the iPhone and everyone said, you're crazy. Um, you know, t- it's taken a, it's taken a while. It's taken, you know, many years to happen, but it looks like we're, we're starting to see the final, uh, death rattles of flash. Um, and it's coming from the browser uh, suppliers. You know, they're saying flash is no longer going to be loaded by default. It's too risky, but also importantly, there, there are now alternatives to flash. HTML5 can handle most of the things that we would rely on flash for. So, uh, you know, Flash's day has come and gone, but boy, has it been problematic when it comes to cybersecurity. So, so a lot of people are not going to miss it. Not at all. So the, the big news this week is Safari is uh, the next generation of Safari in Mac OS, which they've just renamed uh, from right. I or <laughs> whatever they, they keep changing it. OS, yeah, it was OS 10. OS 10. Now it's Mac OS. Yep. Yep. Because uh, yeah, OS ten was on what fifteen years. It's like okay, I think it's time for it's time for a you know a refresh here. Yeah, the good thing for personally, uh, I always had a pet peeve when people will call OS ten OS X mm-hmm. uh, for some reason. You know, and lots of people call it OS X, and it seems like you know no no big deal. Again, it's more my problem than theirs. But uh, I always thought everyone at Apple called it OS ten, so the name of this operating system is OS ten. Um, but uh, so I'm happy because. Because it's no longer going to be OS X, I no longer have to listen to people calling it OS X, and that makes me happy. There you go. <laughs> uh, we won't even go into the GIF versus GIF debate then. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is, yes, Safari uh, will disable Flash in uh, Mac OS Sierra. Fantastic. Uh, Chrome is also doing the same thing in Q4. And Microsoft Edge already is you know, getting rid of non-essential Flash. So if you still have Flash, we've said it before, we'll, we'll keep saying it until it is dead and you can't install it. Get rid of it. You don't need it anymore. Same with Java. Yeah, and it's, it's still there if you need it. You can activate it. You know, Chrome will, will, will ship with it, but it's not going to be activated by default. So, you know, if you find yourself in some situation where you absolutely positively have to use Flash and HTML5 won't do, you're not up a creek, but uh, we're all better off having it uh, turned off by default, I think. So FBI, they have a massive facial recognition system in place that you're not allowed to find out about if you're in it or not. Correct. <laughs> right. Uh, and now they say that uh, was the general accounting office came back and said, oh, there's 411 million photos 
in their in their database and you cannot find out if you're in it or not now there's there's privacy implications here but i and this doesn't really bother me because i can actually write a system that goes and scrapes the internet for probably as many pictures of americans on facebook as as possible i know i know many private investigators actually have machines running in their offices that are just scraping public photos off the net to you know have their own databases of of people to track this sure. part doesn't bother me now what bothers me is when you take their facial recognition system that they're they're working right now which is extraordinarily flawed their hit rate is is tremendously low and you you couple it with a an article that you sent me can you tell me why why I should be troubled about this and just just, just tell the folks about it yeah, I mean, obviously, facial recognition software is uh, is developing quickly. I'm amazed at what a good job uh, Google Photos does with my family photos. You know, even even without knowing the names of people, um, it can track photos of my children as they age. So that's insane, (laughs) right? So, you know, they're growing, their bone structures are changing, but somehow uh, Google seems to be able to know that these are pictures of my older son. These are pictures of my younger son. You know, these are pictures of me. And so um, that is developing really quickly. So it's it's kind of interesting that uh, that the FBI isn't as successful as uh, as someone like Google is. You know, maybe they need to team up. But um, yeah, yeah, there's an there's an issue right now with that, because yeah, in Facebook's facial recognition is off the charts good too. Both of those, they're right, private companies right. who have recently had uh, a little falling out with the government. You could say since Mr. Snowden <laughs> let a few documents lie around. So yeah. <laughs> you know, government and private sector aren't really getting along that well. Well, and and but uh, you know, speaking of the the FBI and privacy, there's a story uh, this week on Ars Technica that the the FBI has been putting surveillance cameras on utility poles. Uh, to keep an eye on people, places, and things. Uh, the FBI isn't really saying why they're putting these poles on or putting these cameras on poles, but you know you can connect the dots on that. But what's interesting is um, there was a, an activist uh, who uh, took them to court who said, "This is you know if you're going to put these cameras on poles, you need to tell us where they are." And the FBI uh, said to the judge that, uh, "No, if we tell you where the poles are, that will compromise our." Our investigations. Um, the FBI is making the case that uh, there is no expectation of privacy in a public place. So putting a camera on a pole in a public place is not a violation of privacy. Um, the judge seems to be going along with that. That's that's a fairly established uh, established thing, uh, from my understanding of law. I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I understand that that that's a that's a pretty set thing. Um, at the same time, you know, I can't stand in the the uh, the public park across from your house with a telescope and look through your windows. You know, that's, yep. <laughs> that, that's a violation of, uh, of your privacy. But one of the things that the thing that, that caught my eye on this story was the FBI's uh, Office of General Counsel made the, the point to the judge. They said, um, as long as the people were observing uh, and, and including uh, just people who are who are not the targets of the observation, but people who are just kind of coming and going in their daily business, as long as they don't know that they're being observed, then there's no violation of privacy. But if we tell them that they're being observed, then we're violating their privacy and we'll have to deal with the implications of, of that violation. <laughs> it's like a weird perversion of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. 
It's sort of a it's sort of a uh, ignorance is bliss kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, this story is new. We are we're planning on digging into the story a little bit with one of our law experts on the CyberWire uh, in the coming week or so. So if I find out more about it, I'll I'll be sure to check back in with you. But um, you know, it's an interesting one, and and uh, this ongoing uh, ongoing issues of as technology advances, what does that mean for everyone's privacy? Indeed, indeed. And it's in- interesting, like, you know, you look at London and they have, you know, how many hundreds of thousands of cameras, but they're all in plain sight. These guys right. are just being sneaky about it and saying, oh, well, you know, eh, maybe they're there, maybe they're not. Now, it'll be interesting to find out if some uh, intrepid photographer can go around the city and figure out what these things look like and then crowdsource a map of where all of these cameras are. Because once you know what it looks like, then you know how to how to track them and mark them. Well, and that that is already being done. You can, if you do a Google image search right now for uh, for FBI utility pole camera, you will find All right. there are there are many photos already, and there are people. You know, there are citizen groups who are who are uh, troubled by this, and so they're starting to do just that thing. They're trying to crowdsource uh, maps of where these cameras are located. So. I think I think I see a Kickstarter campaign in my future. <laughs> As they say, time will tell. All right, Dave. Well, thank you for joining us. And everybody, check out the CyberWire podcast. There will be links in the show notes for your daily dose of uh, all the things that'll keep you up at night. (laughs) That's right. That's not how we try to sell the show, but we'll take it. That's good. It's good. (laughs) All right, Dave. We'll talk to you next week. All right. My pleasure. Comment of the week. We got a lot of iTunes today. We did. We're going to start with the first one from Toot All for All. One okay. star. We oh, got what a one star. star. Yeah. Oh. Now, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this one. <laughs> yeah, because he loves you. Summary. The original title of this show was A Grumpy Old Anti-Gun Wuss and a Poor Guy Who Puts Up With Him. <laughs> but too long of a name, so they settled for GOG. Crying Brian, as his sister calls him, has a mean streak and shows such little respect for his co-host. I can't listen to someone so disrespectful and mean to a supposed friend. I would hate to see how he treats his non-friends. Hopefully Jason will dump this guy soon. Bring back the Does It Have Legs show. Nothing but love for you, Jason. Yeah, okay. Well, Jason technically did dump me for the security segment, so maybe you just want to listen to that one from now on, to toot all for all. <laughs> I, I do have to ask, have, do you have any male friends? Uh, toot all for all because I don't know about you but the way that guys treat each other is they make fun of each other and they crap on each other because you earn the right to do that through friendship it's called busting balls it's called busting balls it's what you do and besides our show would be really boring if we didn't do it Jason and I I talk all week we've talked for for fucking 20 plus years we're friends he doesn't get (laughs) Jason is a lot stronger than you think he is he does not uh, (laughs) he's not get hurt by my ribbing him trust me (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, I appreciate the love, but I would appreciate it more if you would just get rid of that one star. It's not good for anybody. That's not that's not helping, Jason. No, it's not. Actually, that's actually worse. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Anyways. Well, I have to apologize, Jason. I didn't realize I was hurting your feelings. You make me so butthurt so many times. (laughs) I think if anybody's been hurt on the show, it's been me. I guess I am crying, Brian. (laughs) Crying, Brian. (laughs) <laughs> well, this guy obviously really listens to the show because that was like a one aside once in one episode. So I'm sure he's listening again now. Okay, well, please just go go back and change that. 
<laughs> All right. So the one star rating was a kind of uh, it was a nothing. fluke. It was a fluke compared to the uh, what? Where we have one, two, three, four, five star ratings that came along with that one. Uh, the first from E Salmon. Uh, fun to listen to. Thanks for putting on the podcast. It's great information. Uh, thank you. Uh, next one comes from MM three four five six seven eight. I wonder what your password's like. <laughs> one two three four. <laughs> if you're a millennial, you won't understand. This is a great show about tech, security, the internet, and life in general. I absolutely love it, and I'm always very keenly awaiting the weekly drop. Uh, the authors make fun of morons, fad-obsessed hipsters, and the vast amount of human stupidity that now, thanks to the internet, has found a way to express themselves. Highly recommended, unless that is, you are a millennial, and have the 140-character <laughs> Snapchat-addled attention span of a drunk squirrel. I think we have a title. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, MM345678. Uh, love it. Uh, next one, another five-star from Atticus underscore Finchie. Podcast highlight of my week. Grumpy Old Geeks is simply one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I've been a listener to this absolutely fabulous, absolutely fabulous podcast for a couple of years now. While others have come and gone for my subscription list, GOG has stood the test of time. In a tech world with so much hype and overpromising and underdelivering, we need passionate and well-informed critical voices, and Jason and Brian provide just that. In the time that I've been a fan, it now feels like I'm meeting up with friends every time I listen. Grump on. Grump on. Thank you very much, Atticus Finchie, which is, by Thanks. the way, a great name. <laughs> it is a great name, and you should be careful about being friends with me, apparently. I'm next just one, saying. Next one comes from Stacy at 15. Uh, my weekly go-to for all things tech. I truly enjoy listening to your podcast every week. Working as a sales engineer for a cybersecurity company, you keep me updated with the latest topics that I can geek out with my prospects about. Keep it up. We shall. We shall. Thank you. And uh, this is from a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much for that. And I guess it was on iTunes. I'm assuming a five-star rating as well. It was iTunes Germany, five-star. But uh, for some reason, we're not getting the Germany uh, ones. Yeah. Even though we pay for services that send us these things. Interesting how that doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, I do love this particular comment, so I shall read this one. After many painful months of dissecting all kinds of tech-related podcasts, I have come to the conclusion that Grumpy Old Geeks is simply the best of its kind. After first listening to GOG, I had to cancel my subscription because Jason and Brian constantly bummed me out by making me realize how effed up the world is. Sorry. A few weeks later, I had to subscribe again because I realized they were right. (laughs) I would give them four stars instead of five because they talk fast. They use slang, which makes it difficult for me as a non-native speaker to exactly follow their rants and praises, and they curse like street whores. Yes, we do. (laughs) Yes, yes we do. Sorry. (laughs) Apart from that, their subscriber relationship management philosophy is we don't give a shit. Also true. However, I'm giving them five stars because I'm afraid they will yell at me during the show. Keep up the good work, geeks. Finally, finally, I love your show. Greetings from Germany, Thomas. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Thomas. Danke Shane. <laughs> Danke Shane. Um, so I'm we got another, we got a tweet from Jay Lester. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, GOG Podcast, a more logical argument than I expected. And this is um, an article on Medium called Why yes. I Need an AR-15. And this is from the founder of Ars Technica. Yes. And a very long article it is, and I haven't uh, had a chance to read it yet. But you said you skimmed it, Brian. What did you think? I, I did. I read it. Um, Since you're I, the anti-gun nut crying Brian. That's right. Crying Brian still doesn't agree with this. Um, it's there's you don't you just you just don't need this. You just don't. And we're not going to get all too political. It's hard not to, particularly given what just happened this week again in Florida. Um, uh, you know, I whatever. I'm just asking. All I'm asking for is registration and training if you want a gun. Uh, and I hate how the argument always descends. If when I say something like that, the argument then becomes specific about specific type of guns. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care what kind of gun it is. I really don't. 
just uh, can we can we at least agree with registration and training? That's all I'm asking for at this point. I'm not trying to take your damn gun away. Registration, training. Well, That's I, all. I, yeah, more background checks I'm fine with. Yes. It's just rational stuff. So that's all we're asking for. That's all. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got a bunch of comments on grumpyoldgeeks.com, our website as well. Uh, the first is from Gene. Question for the geeks. Jason, more a comment. Uh, IZ Touch IP camera has excellent HD resolution. I'm purchasing one for a second home. See demo for quality. Pricing is all over the place. Um, the office in the demo is located in Hong Kong or Taiwan. Um, and a, more, it just keeps yeah, going and going. I'm yeah. gonna, I'll check out the camera for sure. Yep, definitely. Yeah, um, for sure. So I appreciate that. This next one comes from Roz. Thanks for answering my question last week. I wrote it on my phone on break from work and missed the checkbox. I've been a Patreon supporter for a couple months now and was too embarrassed to write and admit I forgot how to get my exclusive soundtracks. Uh, we'll, oh. we'll take care of that. Yeah, we'll take care of that. Um, you basically just write us and ask for it. <laughs> uh, but I figured, what the hell? Ask. My other question was in regards to the VPN link on your site. If I start using a VPN, will I have to reauthorize my computer every time I log on to the Elder Scrolls Online? My Webroot security suite won't let me on the site unless I shut it off. I have the same problem with Hide My Ass VPN as well. I hope you re review it just for the entertainment value for me. <laughs> I found where all the flash programmers work now making hidden hidden object games. My mother's favorite type of game and a constant security headache for me. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. Well, a lot of places are banning some of the public VPNs because yep. they get used for uh, nefarious purposes sometimes. So yep. uh, a lot of game developers are actually banning them. Um there's not a whole lot you can do about that. Uh, it's not even just game developers. There are a lot of sites that are very security conscious that you cannot log into if you're using the VPN. Yeah, so. uh, just mainly the public, you know, paid VPNs. Um, yeah. You can actually go to Amazon if you're if you're technologically inclined. There's a pretty easy way to go to Amazon Web Services, spin up a very cheap instance and use that as your own private <laughs> VPN. That's and, quite smart. Yeah. Um, I've done it before. It's you can write some scripts to have it done pretty quickly and then it'll spin up an instance for you when you want your own VPN and it'll, you'll get you can like, you know, unregister the IP address and re-register a new one anytime. So that's that's a workaround for that if you want your own VPNs. Um, and I'm sure that there are higher end VPNs out there. But for, you know, 99 percent of what you're going to do, uh, private Internet access works for me. Uh, I works for me. I'm subscribed. I'm using it. Uh, if you want it, uh, go to grumpyoldgeeks.com. Click through there. Um, yeah, yeah, turn, off not, your, turn off your ad blocker. The turn off the your ad bar. blocker. Uh, turn off your ad blocker. That's the only thing that runs on there. So you're not going to see anything else. Uh, sign up with them. It's great. It's it's really very, very easy to turn on and off when you need to get into somewhere. And just, you know, remember to turn it back on when you're done using the thing that won't let you use it. Yep. Yeah, there you go. All right, another comment. Uh, this is from Thomas. Hey, Brian and Jason, I love the show. I'm ready to respond to one of Jason's requests for a good home security software that's not subscription-based. I've used smart things and love it, but their cam software is sadly also subscription-based. A friend recommended Blue Iris, which sounds like a porn star. <laughs> it works great with a plethora of IP cameras. I've used a Foscam IP camera that was around 60 bucks. It is not the most user-friendly, but chances are that anyone listening to your show would be able to figure it out. You can save to any directory or stream online. You, not only can you set up notifications, but you can black out certain portions of the field of view um, and a bunch of more technical stuff about this stuff. Um, and then he asks, uh, what is the easiest way to rate the show on my iPhone? It drives me nuts that I can't rate podcasts in the podcast app. I click the link on your website. It takes me to the podcast app, and I can't see any way to 
to give you the five stars you deserve. I actually don't know because, as we've discussed at great length, the whole iTunes thing is really a janky piece of crap. Yeah, I mean, you can you have to do it from the desktop. They they keep taking it out and putting it back in in the podcast app itself. Yeah, it's really hard to do on the and phone. I, and I've sadly. noticed that. They've now also added the ability to love podcasts, which I don't see how that does anything. I, I don't even see where we would get love ratings. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I don't understand what the hell that is. So you, you, you have to do ask, it. You have to ask Trent Reznor. He's the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since he's, you know, in charge of that now. Yes. Okay, yeah. so Anonymous writes in, Hello, love the show. It never fails to give me a few laughs and induce some thinking. And I'm always very much looking forward to the Drop Weekly. Isn't this the one from before? You should really have a millennials ah section. Although come to think of it, that is the show. So I decided I wanted to give you another five star rating in iTunes. I just thought you'd like to know that one, you can't do it from a Linux desktop like the one I'm on now. You wow. Can't, you can't do that from an iPhone, iPad. When you hit the show's logo in the store, it bounces you off to the podcast app. The only way to do this is from a Mac where your iTunes doesn't know you're subscribed to this podcast. You can also do it on a PC. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me not being millennially enough. I suggest you give it a go and see for yourselves on a loosely retired related note, not retired. Nope. We're <laughs> I'd like to be retired. iTunes is probably the worst music player known to mankind. For me, I find it really hard even to make it upload my music to my iPhone. But even as just a music player, it's just plain dumb and borderline unusable. Do you guys have a recommendation as to a good music player for iOS? I don't really mind paying a few bucks. I'm a believer in paying for good software if it's a decent app. Thanks for being awesome. Cheers, Marco. P.S. I'm fine with you quoting the contents of this, but please leave my last name out. I work for the big A and have recommended the show to a few <laughs> colleagues. The above would make for an awkward office conversation. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything that you just said. Uh, do I am I aware of any other good music players for iOS? No, um, there used to be attempts at making different ones. I think most people have given up. Remember Winamp? That was pretty good. But here's the, um, here's the, the other issue. You can't make an app that, um, I mean, they finally got around this with browsers because for a while they wouldn't let Chrome in there because Safari already did the, the same thing that, that, you know, Chrome does. Yeah. Because there was that whole thing. It's like you can't do something that just directly duplicates the feature built set in. of a built-in app. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked in a long time. I, should, I haven't either. Should, yeah. If let's, anybody let's, knows let's, about it, write us in and we'll do some research this week because I would yeah. I would definitely love an iTunes replacement. My yeah. iTunes match subscription has run out. So now it's like, ah, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm free. I'm free well, from ha actually having to use iTunes to get my music. But I definitely need a, uh, a, a replacement. Yeah. And regarding all your complaints about iTunes, uh, you're in the building, buddy. Yeah, walk over uh, there and kick somebody in the balls. Why don't, you, why don't you walk over to Trent Reznor's corporate office in the corner there and uh, tell him that his program sucks. Or better yet, tweet him with hashtag iTunes sucks. Yeah. And uh, fix the podcast app, too. Yeah. I, I would like while to be you, able to get a rate. Yeah, while you're, while you're over that way. And so and explain what this love thing is, because we don't know. Yeah. What the, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> All right. You can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast, on Instagram at Grumpy Old Geeks, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at grumpyoldgeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out, and it'll only take a minute or two. Just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes, and it'll take you right there, depending on your device. And we'll be right back. But now, a word from our sponsors. At the library. All right. My first book of the week. 
Mm. Playing to the Edge, American Intelligence in the Age of Terror by Michael V. Hayden. Okay. Yes, Michael Hayden was the uh, director of the NSA during 9-11 and then eventually moved on to become the head of the CIA. And this is uh, a memoir of that whole era. It is a very big book. (laughs) <laughs> and goes into goes into great detail on everything that happened and why it happened. And uh, it's an it's an interesting read if you're into that kind of thing. Right. Not many people are. But <laughs> if you are and you want to know a lot of the backstory and a lot of the backroom talk, mm-hmm. um, this covers a ton of it. And it co- comes from, you know, the man himself. So right. and if you get the audio book, he actually reads it himself. Very cool. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I was extremely excited on Tuesday when I got notified that The Long Cosmos, a novel of the longer series by Stephen Baxter and Terry Pratchett, was out and already whizzing its way to my iPad. Ah, I haven't finished it, Jason. I know. I did. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried. There's just been too much soccer going on. Um, I am about 87% of the way through the book and loving every second of it. Okay, yeah, you're, you're getting there. You're getting to the end. So. Yeah, I'm close. So we'll we'll talk about it in detail next week. Okay. Yes, I finished it, and uh, oh, since because yeah. uh, I thought Brian would gonna, was going to finish because you texted me like it's out, it's out, it's out, and uh, I went. And I got put it. it and... uh, I put in a good two solid two hours every single night. I just it's a long book. <laughs> oh, that's that's crazy for you because you can usually finish a book in two hours. I know, I know. I'm so I'm, I'm savoring it, Jason. Okay. Uh, but I do know what I'm going to read when this is done. Um, Chuck Klosterman also has a new book out. Uh, but what if we're wrong, thinking about the present as if it were the past? A uh, little review on Salon, which is linked to in the show notes. I think it's a uh, sounds like it's going to be a really good book. I'm really interested in it. So that'll be up next, and hopefully I will finish that for next week as well. Okay, I'm going to have Kevin Kelly's book Inevitable finished by next week. I'm I'm halfway through it and uh, loving it. Absolutely loving it. But I will finish it and review it next week. Cool. Software, apps, and gadgets. Now, we talk about the Internet of Things often. <laughs> yes. And uh, I ran across this and it is a very <clears throat> funny title. <laughs> Very funny title. It says, sorry, techies, I don't need your gadgets in my vagina. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's mm. pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, this is one of the better, more hilarious articles I've read in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, it, it, here's a little, but while it's frustrating when the world's biggest tech companies overlook the existence of 51% of the world's population, it may be even worse when tech engineers start to pay too much attention to us. In recent yes. years, an alarming number of startups have come up with the terrible idea that what women really <laughs> want is to shove an Apple Watch up our vaginas. Smart snatch anyone? <laughs> and I just, I, I, I just like fell out of my chair when I read that. Yeah, there's a nice breakdown of all the various products that people are trying to market out there for women, which generally involve inserting them, um, which generally women don't want to do. No. So, (laughs) yeah, Uh, I particularly enjoyed the French advertising firm that produced a parody of a product called Pouché. It's very good. Uh, You can upload your data to the Vagicloud. And broadcast your <laughs> mental status to the social network and anyone within 150 feet. Uh, this is good stuff. Um, yeah, I think, you know, people stay away from this. Uh, women don't want to put tech inside themselves in general any more than men would want to. One yeah. would assume. So, one, would, one would assume, but one, one would, assumes. But I, you, one, know. you know what happens when you assume. <laughs> this is when I don't like to look at the dark web. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Um, every key. Remember yes. that? 
Yes, what a stupid idea. Uh, yes, this is John McAfee's uh, big push in product. Yes. Um, it's a little, you know, Bluetooth dongly thing that you can wear a wristband with or whatever. It's yeah. it, it's supposed to unlock everything as you get close to it. Yes, and given the amount of times I have lost my sunglasses or other items that are this small, I or even, you know, I lost I lost a Fitbit. Yes, so this would be the equivalent of losing <laughs> one password with it unlocked on yeah. the street. So, yes. not wise. I'm going to wait for somebody else to buy it. I'm not going to try it. But if somebody is out there and has tried it and spent the money on it, let us know how it's working for you because there was a lot of controversy around this thing about it not being really vetted very well by security experts, even though John McAfee, you know, started the entire antivirus, you know, yes. industry. Yes. Um, and it, he's it, it's it's not cheap either. No, it's not cheap at all. No. So this is it seems like a very bad idea to me, but I would love it if somebody else tried it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, We've please. done enough experiments on this show. We paid for more apps than we can shake a stick at. So it's exactly. you're somebody else's turn. Yep. <laughs> I yeah, bought a drone it. to test for this show. <laughs> somebody else can go buy something else. Yeah. And I'm not going to entrust my entire life uh, as a little experiment for the show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another thing that came out of WWDC, though, is Swift Playgrounds. Okay. This is really cool. This is an educational tool for kids to learn how to program Swift. Yeah. And it so, it's an, yeah, it's an iPad app and it looks mm -hmm. really nice. Well designed it's, and Yeah. They're they are going after the Minecraft uh share space here. Yeah. I yep. will try it when it comes out because, you know, I have the programming capability of a small child now since <laughs> I've stopped programming. So I can't wait to give it a shot and maybe I'll learn Swift. Yeah, it looks pretty damn cool actually. I, I think I might give it a go as well. All we right. shall see. Uh, Meerkat, remember them? Oh, yeah. Came up with a great idea, then immediately had it stolen by Twitter because they relied on Twitter as their backbone. And everybody now just laughs at the whole idea of all this anyways. Well, they're back with a new app. Shockingly, it's video related. Uh, this has actually been out for a while. Nobody knew it was connected to Meer the company that started Meerkat. Um, now that's kind of out. Uh, this is called House Party. So this party, is party. This is what you can do, Jason, at 3 a.m. after a bottle of vodka instead of going to, uh, you know, texting one of the uh, little suicide prevention hotlines. You can load up House Party and see who's around and talk to them. Well, doesn't that sound great? Not really. <laughs> so I downloaded it and gave it a shot, uh, but I can't use it because absolutely nobody I know has it. And this is basically this is basically the uh, modern equivalent of a party line. Remember those from when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just dial up the number and whoever happened to be on was on, except this is connected directly to your friends. You open it up. Oh, so it is, your, it is your friends. It's not just you can't yes. just go out to the world. It's not like. Uh, no. Uh, what was it? Chat roulette. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You're not sure. Yeah, you're not going to get random dicks. I just, can't believe nobody brought chat roulette you know. back. Yeah, just the dicks, you know, Jason, just the dicks, you know. Great. There's a good title. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we always talk about how people aren't using technology to cure cancer or save the world. Yes. I found a really neat actual technology thing this week. It's called Liftware. A technology thing. A technology thing. What it <laughs> is, is it's, it's, it's kind of a spoon with a gimbal in it. Yeah, it looks weird. It looks weird, but it's for people who have tremors. So, so if you drink a bottle of vodka every night, you have to put it, then you have to balance it on a fork and then try and get it to your face, but it'll keep it steady. Yeah. You just put a straw in your, in your vodka and then your shakes will, <laughs> but it's an, yeah. it's an interesting concept for people who, you know, have problems with shaky hands, which a lot of elderly do. Yeah. And it's a pretty damn cool video. Yeah. So it looked really cool. So, and a friend of the show, Patrick sent us in a really cool video, um, 
about it's uh, Open Bionics and yep. uh, the videos for uh, called Augmented Future, but mm-hmm. it's this really cool bionic arm. Yeah, very very cool. I mean, uh, it did. I don't know if it works that well, but man, the design is great. <laughs> they definitely yeah, got some movie looks, guys on this one, or special really effects cool. guys. Yeah, I, just check out the video. It's in the in the show notes. Now, the one thing that I freely admit that I miss about my BlackBerry, and I love the iPhone. I would never go back. Well, BlackBerry is dead anyways. Um, I miss the notification light that BlackBerry had, and Apple has never, ever, ever done that on their iPhone. Uh, Samsung is reinventing the concept with something called a Smart Glow, uh, which is go, which will be right around the camera lens. And, you know, it'll basically do these different types of, of glowing and lighting up for different notifications that you can set, which I think is great. I think that's really cool. And um, I wish that Apple had something like this. Well, there you go. Now's your chance. You can go switch over to Samsung. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But it's a cool concept. And uh, Bluetooth 5 is coming. Okay, I still thought we were on Bluetooth 3. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, we're going to 5 for the Internet of Things because they're going to need a lot more bandwidth to be able to screw up your life. So it's quadruple the range and double the speed and will be out by late 2016 or early 2017. So the only time I will recognize this is when I do an iOS update and it turns Bluetooth on. (laughs) Well, it probably won't even be in devices then until 2018. Most likely, yeah. Or or late 2017. We'll see how that goes. Yep, we shall see. Uh, so they finally come out with something that might get me to try out VR. This looks cool. As a Star yes, Trek fan, does. this looks I, very cool. I am a Star Trek fan, and they have a game called Star Trek Bridge Crew, which was unveiled at E3 on Monday. Uh, and they got some of the Star Trek guys to come in and 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 give it a go and do, uh, you know, from all the different universes. So that's a little screwed up, but whatever. Um, this looks cool. This is, uh, I'm not going to go out and buy an Oculus Rift or a Vive. Vive Boy, or, you need like five of them. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the problem. You need a whole bunch of people. But as they talk about you know kind of making these arcade areas where they would have all these things i would i would wrestle up a couple friends and go down there and give this a go it looks fun i think once once this technology starts to proliferate some more Mm -hmm. what you're going to see is you're going to see land parties like we used to do with quake people just strap up their pcs and go to their friend's house and wire up and then you know play games and but they'll be doing it in vr and bumping into each other a lot probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah at least with the star trek game you're seated the whole time that's true. It's uh, well, you know, hopefully. I mean, if you get hit by something, you have to run around the room like they did in the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shake back and forth in your chair. Exactly. Um, it would be funny if people started to like, you know, uh, get their living rooms remodeled in the in, into a bridge configuration. So their friends, when they come over, there's no more man caves. Now there's man bridges. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, The other thing that might be getting me into AR, and we've talked a lot about Magic Leap, and so has everybody without really knowing what the hell is going on with them. Uh, The mysterious augmented reality company, they have made a deal with Lucasfilm and uh, ILM. So they will be creating immersive Star Wars experiences, apparently, whenever this comes out. Now, there's a video. I watched this video this morning. Yes. And there's, there's something about this video that I have to admit, I had to go back and watch it three more times. Because the first time I saw this video, Mm -hmm. I thought that C-3PO was a dude in a costume and they had a they had a little remote controlled R2-D2. No, no, it's all done in in the actual technology. That is what they're saying. Um, I'm always wary of this because I never believe them, because when we finally see what the product is, it doesn't look as good as the videos that they say were shot using their their technology. But if this is what it's going to look, it says this, this is shot through the lens. Yes. Of the magic leap. It is badass. 
Yeah. I will be getting on board with this. Yeah. I think this is why they're worth like all the monies right now is because the technology is probably going to be that good. I wonder how big the computer is going to be stuck to your back to be able to power this thing. That is troublesome. Yeah, because, you know, they are coming out with backpack PCs now. So I I think this will come with a backpack PC because I don't know how the hell else they're going to do it. Well, there's got to be be a lot of computation in there. As long as they make the backpack PC look like it's Yoda. Ah, that would be good. See, then I could be I'm training on uh, I'm training with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, That one's free, guys. Media Candy. I came across this article in Ars Technica and I had to go check it out because we've we've joked about big data and and algorithms for long enough. Mm -hmm. This is a movie written by an algorithm and they actually went out and filmed it. That's pretty cool. They plugged in a bunch of scripts into this uh, AI Mm -hmm. and uh, it spit out an actual script and they filmed it. And it is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I didn't watch all of it. I've read some of the different write ups on it. Um, It sounds like it's basically about on par with like a D level sci fi crap movie that would have been made in like 1980. Oh, not even, man. Not even that. Okay. It, it is so incomprehensive. <laughs> it's, it, or incomprehensible, I should say. It, right. It makes no sense. It is very silly. But the the acting in it is very good. They got some some good actors in there. You know, Tom Middleditch from uh, Silicon Valley. Elizabeth Gray. Humphrey Kerr. So. I don't know any of these people, but okay. Well, you've seen Silicon Valley, so you oh, know that's true. I do know the first. Yes, I know that one. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. I, 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 so you're saying I probably shouldn't bother watching this. I, I would not. Now that I've okay. seen it, I mean, right. it is funny for like watch the first three minutes and then you're done. You don't need to see anymore. It's, it's not very long anyway. Okay. But it's, right. it's it's very interesting to see what what the state of AI script writing is. So I'm pretty sure that Hollywood is safe at this point, even though this is the dream of all all of Hollywood to be able to stick in a script and get get another one out. You know, exactly. Yes. We can finally get rid of uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think I think he did that on his own. That's true. He kind of maybe he's been using this. That could be the problem. He's been stuck in Netflix for too long. So <laughs> uh, Bjork has uh, released the very first virtual reality album um now this is uh i found this on gadget i probably should have found a better source because the opening sentence is basically you can tell she's making some money from htc here uh now over two decades later she's released the world's first virtual reality album in partnership with htc on their kick-ass virtual reality platform oh yeah so it's press release Yes, press release, basically. But um, this is a it's not a new album. It's Volnikura, uh, the album she released last year, which is based on a breakup and uh, uh, basically has done an entire VR aspect to it, uh, which, you know, one is filmed inside her mouth. Okay, Uh, Okay. And I do like the quote. It's like I've really got a swan around my neck. Oh, Bjork. Okay, that's pretty funny. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not too interested in checking this out, but uh, good on her. for. I mean, she's one of those artists that just pushes pushes technology all the time, and I like that. So, cool. And she's adorable. And she is adorable. Uh, Kanye is not adorable, though. And he has released a trailer for a video game that whoa, he whoa, has whoa. produced. This is, hang on. This is, this is monumental. This is monumental. It is? This is the first time we've mentioned Kanye, and he's not in Moron of the Week. Well, I kind of put it... <laughs> last because it's leading into moron of the world okay. I, and i see this is kind of he's on the more border. on adjacent he's more on adjacent on this one uh this is a game that uh players will adopt the role of kanye's mom flying <laughs> through the gates of heaven i cannot recommend enough 
going to watch the trailer for this game because he is such a fucking asshat. Anyways. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I got to go see this then. Dude, gotta... you got to watch this. And then on to more out of the week where this kind of belonged. Or on of the week. We have a couple, which is probably why Kanye got a, got bumped a little bit. Yeah, uh, it, first... is, it is a moron horrific week. It is. Uh, our first is Facebook. Uh, Facebook screwed up. They basically uh, declared that uh, the Philippines was at war. Oops. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so was this was this one of the the algorithm based uh, news stories that they promoted? No, this is just somebody stupid that uh, didn't look into the reality. And I've, I've the okay. First off, here's what happened. Fa- on last Sunday was a uh, Philippines. It was their Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So they did one of those things where they pop up and say, you know, uh, hey, it's Independence Day. Celebrate your independence, Filipino people, and post this image. Unfortunately, the flag is reversed. And the Philippines, in the Philippines, when they're at war, they flip the flag. Okay. So they basically said, here, post this. And by the way, your country's at war. Oh. Yeah. So this is just a matter of uh, the article on Elite Daily then goes on to say this is not, this is a perfect example of why you need diversity in the workspace and you have to hire people that are not white. And I'm like, they have tons of people from the Philippines that work there. They just didn't ask them. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta ask. You gotta ask. <laughs> Anyways. All right. The second moron of the week uh, comes courtesy of friend of the show, Hannah, who saw this truck driving around the L.A. area, specifically Santa Monica, called Los Angeles File Keepers. They uh, purport to basically uh, secure your entire life for you. Secure if, you, if you've got stuff and you want it to be secured, go to File Keepers. Unfortunately, they build their site with Joomla and it's broken and there are a bunch of warnings about session starts all over their website. So if you can't even secure your damn website, people. Oh, man. You're not, OK. You're not, you're not securing my files. Okay, here's here's a PHP tip if you're a Joomla programmer. <laughs> Before you send a session, cookie, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there's the, there's a there's a PHP function called uh, header sent. Yeah. Um and if if that returns it'll return a boolean and yep. if it's true, yep. then don't send a session header. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. That's like, you know, that's cookie 101, people. Jesus. But, but they are telling us that we should be confident because their files are secure. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. On the on that <laughs> same vein, uh, another moron of the week would be Lockheed Martin. Uh huh. So they have run the database for the Air Force's automated case tracking system, which yes. uh, tracks fraud, abuse, whistleblowers, and uh, you know all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, the database had a hundred thousand case files dating back to two thousand four, and became corrupted, unreadable. None of the backups worked, and uh, they're shit out of luck. All Oops. gone. Ten, Oopsies. yeah, over ten years of uh, fraud data. Um, yeah. Okay. Well done. Well done. All right. Up next. <laughs> Moving on. Let's go. Upmarket sex toy manufacturer Lilo, um, who you know have made some really interesting things. If you're into that sort of stuff, uh, including you know the uh, gold dildo that uh, Goop Goopy Gwyneth Paltrow uses. Um, well, she may not actually use it. I don't, I don't want to slander her, but she's certainly tried to sell it to people. Mm. Uh, they've, they're they're market, marketing some upscale condoms now. And uh, guess who they got to uh, to be the figurehead for that? Oh, <clears> just <throat> enlighten me. Winning. Charlie oh, Sheen, no. uh, convicted domestic abuser and uh, HIV positive uh, guy who went around very proud about the fact that he was not using condoms, even though he was HIV positive and has some lawsuits about that, um, is now uh, pitching their condoms. Nope, not interested. Yeah. And uh, 
yeah, I, I don't want to say too much about that, but it is pretty bad. And a friend of the show, Greg Bell, has uh, enlightened me about something that's been going on Twitter for apparently a couple of years now. Uh, you remember Smash Mouth? Sadly. Well, they don't do much anymore except try to protect their reputation on Twitter. Uh, they are in an endless Twitter battle. Uh, yeah, where they basically just keep tweeting people back saying, hey, we were popular before that song on Shrek. And hey, shut up. And hey, we write good songs, man. Uh, it's worth a look uh, what they do. This is a, a a perfect test case in exactly how you should not use Twitter. Yes, this is this is the how to not do well on social media. This is the, the, where <laughs> we should use this as our is our like business card for the reasons to hire us. This won't happen to you if you hire us to manage your social media. Having managed uh, social media for many bands over the years, I can tell you that this is the absolute uh, uh, worst case scenario of anything that you could ever do, including the hashtag just saying and hashtagging if facts matter when you're talking about your shitty songs that were number one long time ago. I do like the fact that everybody is basically trying to say that the singer is Guy Fieri now, though. That's I know. That's, that is the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've never seen him in the same room. <laughs> And because uh, we've had so many idiots, I do want to point out a hero of the week, uh, Prince William, who took a stand against homophobia, and it's a royal breakthrough. He is the first royal that has ever appeared on the cover of a, of a gay-friendly uh, magazine, um, and he went out of his way to uh, to basically support the community. Uh, good for you, man. Well done. No, I, definitely. I, and uh, I, he initiated it, which is the crazy part. It's like yes. they didn't come to him. Nope. You know, he went to them. It's like, hey, yeah. let's 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 get some awareness out there. Yeah, the magazine is called Attitude, and he invited them last month to bring members of the LGBT community to the palace to listen to their experiences of bullying. So good on you, man. Well done. I like to see people who basically have this kind of power and clout given to them because of uh, birthright uh, use it for something good. Good on you. And speaking of the royals, uh, the queen had her birthday celebrations last Sunday, and she wore an amazing lime green Kermit-esque uh, dress suit thing for it. Uh, conveniently, green screen color, and the internet oh, went. Oh no! <laughs> the internet went apeshit with it. Uh, oh my god, these are great! <laughs> it is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Link in the show notes uh, to Board Panda, which collected some of the some of the best ones that uh, are out there. Unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you gotta go check these out these are funny <laughs> yeah it's good stuff very very good stuff but, uh, you know the photoshop ones are fantastic but the video ones are even better yeah those are great <laughs> <laughs> oh good stuff good stuff um we had talked uh the other week about these star trek related uh bikinis or not bikinis uh the swimsuits. onesies uh, onesie swimsuits these swimsuits that came out for women, and I bemoaned the fact that uh, there was nothing for men. Uh, there is now <laughs> no Starfleet banana hammock for you. Uh, no. But there is now. There's uh, old school robes. Mm. Uh, so you can be like, a, you know, the Kirk slash uh, Playboy Hefner. I was going to say Hefner in space. <laughs> always wanted. You've always wanted to be. So uh, they look comfy. Yeah. Are I don't you, know. Are you getting one? No. No, I, I don't wear a robe anyways uh, around the house, so uh, I will not be getting one of these. But I'm glad that, you know, we have some equal opportunity. They do have socks. I, I like the socks. I might get those. I think I might have to get the robe because in the winter, robes are great because, well, well in, in Southern California, it doesn't matter. But here it does. Well, which are you going to go for? Are you going to be uh, command gold? Or are you going to be science blue or dead man red? 
I think I'm more science blue. Yeah, I think you're a science blue too, Jason. It yes. goes well with you. It'll really make your eyes pop. It will. My yes, my brown eyes. <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, from the web's not dead, if you spend any time in L.A. whatsoever, you know that uh, news people go crazy here about everything. If uh, we get a little bit of drizzle, it's crazy storm 2016. Uh, when we have fires, uh, the whole world is going to explode. Um, there's a great article on L.A.ist. Uh, Mike Davis wrote uh, a book called Ecology of Fear. No other city such as L.A. seems to excite such dark rapture. Uh, according to Davis, the destruction of the city has been a theme in at least 130 38 novels and films since 1909. So we do like to, we are obsessed with our own city's destruction. That number seems low. It does seem low. I think it's got to be even higher. It's got to be higher than that. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. If you counted blog posts in there, it'd be in the millions. Oh God. Yes. (laughs) I think the, the, the fact of the matter is nobody likes Los Angeles. Well, good. I wish more people that didn't like it would leave. Are you kidding me? In one of the stranger things I've seen in my lifetime, (laughs) the FDA has approved a new weight loss device that sucks food directly from your stomach. Basically, they stick a tube in your gut and Mm -hmm. they have a little thing that you hang around your neck, which has a bag of water in it and a little pump system and some stuff that basically you attach the tube in your stomach to this little device and... Squeeze some water in, and then out comes the food that you just ate and goes into a tube that goes for right in the toilet. Oh, this is God. bulimia for people who are too pussy to stick their fingers down their throat. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're very conscious of their looks, and they don't want their teeth to rot out from the uh, acids, I guess. Or they have really nice fingernails. Or they just can't stop eating. Yeah, could be, but man. This is disgusting. Is, is, is it not one of the most repugnant things you've ever seen? You have to watch the video. You have to go and see it and watch the video. If you watch the video, you don't need the device because you're going to puke. Yeah, you're not going to want to eat anything anyway <laughs> after watching this. So this is this is actually the, the new weight loss device is just go watch this video every time you want to reach for that hot pocket. Yeah, I'm pretty gross. Closing shout outs. My shout out is for Team USA. I can't believe that we won the game and I can't believe that we're getting to the semifinals in the Copa America. And unfortunately, we are going to play Argentina and we are going to lose horribly. But hey, we're playing Argentina. That's pretty damn good. So anyways, go USA. And uh, on Tuesday, I hope everybody supports the team. Oh, no, you won't. (laughs) I don't have a TV. I can't support them. (laughs) Hey, ESPN app. Uh, I'm not going to pay for that. Okay. (laughs) You want to send me your password? I'll go check it out. It's actually done through Time Warner Cable, sadly. Okay. That's how you do the authorization for it. So, I, hey, by the way, Time Warner Cable, even though you stopped me from being able to uh, stream to my Apple TV through your app, I can do it through ESPN's app that I just sign in using your credentials. Okay, so thanks. You know why then? Because th- uh. now they don't have to maintain it and they can just pass it off saying, well, the, everybody else's app does it now, so we don't have to. We don't want to pay a coder to be on staff to keep fixing this thing when it breaks. So we're just going to we're gonna outsource the, it to the providers. But the thing is that they had it in there. They just took it out for the new version. Right. But, you know, OS, uh, you know, the yeah, new yeah. iOS is coming out. They gotcha. can cut budgets. They can cut All budgets. Right. Anyway, right. my shout out goes to Meatloaf, who collapsed on stage up in Canada uh, yeah. the other night. Yep. They're, saying, the they're saying it's uh, dehydration, but uh, hopefully he'll recover. 
But uh, yeah, yeah. sadly, dehydration has been the code word for celebrities uh, drug overdoses. But uh, hopefully not. And hopefully he will be OK because uh, I, I love me some bitch tits, Bob. I know. I'm so tired of losing musicians this year, too. So meatloaf, yeah. pull through, motherfucker. Uh, please do. Uh, yeah. And I want to thank uh, Dave Bittner and uh, the team at Cyberwire for for loaning him to us today <laughs> for our security segment. And uh, we'll have Dave yeah. back next week. And uh, this, is our, this is our first run at it. So, you know, we'll get our feet yep. under us and we'll, we'll, we'll keep cooking. We'll and it's nice to goes. have somebody who knows what the fuck they're talking about on this show every now and again. <laughs> it is. It's very nice. And thank you so much for stepping in and doing that. And hopefully we're going to try to see if we can get, because we're all over the place, if we can get uh, schedules aligned for all three of us to be able to do the security segment. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, here's the upside. You're going to be up really early starting pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not going to matter anymore because I will probably be up at four in the morning and three in the morning and two in the morning. And so if you guys want to record it, you know, uh, midnight your time, I'll probably be up at 3 a.m. and 9 a.m. I, I don't know. <laughs> No, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be up all the time, so I'll probably be joining. Yes, <laughs> and I'm sure you will be dynamic as can be on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll be thrilled. Huh? What? Somebody got hacked? Who fucking cares? I got to fucking change a diaper. Oh uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to get a bottle of whiskey so instead of. <laughs> so that'll be when I, when I mention the dog, you drink. When you mention the yeah, baby, I drink. That's the first time the whole episode. <laughs> hey, she went through training this week. She's doing really well. Drink again, motherfucker. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo, and you can check me out at JPD.me. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, and you can follow me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five-star rating or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG and get 10 exclusive tracks. You just gotta ask, people. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Swachansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 164. Bob. Bob had bitch tits. <gasps>